In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appealed, appeared to them and said, Oh, sorry, let's go again. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. God, may your word be planted into our hearts like seed. May it grow fruit. May it bear just signs of your kingdom and your goodness to the world around us. In Jesus' name we ask, Father. Amen. Amen. So we're right into a Christmassy passage. And it is, it's the 30th of November. We're not quite in December yet, but can you, can you tolerate a Christmassy passage? Um, I don't know about you, Christmas is always a bit of a mixed thing. I used, to, um, I used to work for Costa Coffee. There are other coffee shops available, but they didn't employ me. Um, and Christmas was always an interesting time working in a coffee shop. Because very early on, you bust out the Christmas cups. Have you seen some of the Christmas cups in some of the different coffee shops? Yep. And uh, you're all very excited and usually there's different Christmas drinks filled with crazy amounts of sugar because Christmas is all about sugar and berries and chocolate and spices and rich things. And um, you kind of, you're just excited. There's a bit of a spring in your step. There's a different uniform. It all kind of kicks in, doesn't it, Christmas with relish. I feel like the coffee shops are kind of the, they're the canary in the mine for Christmas. They're the first sign that Christmas is really on its way. But they're also, uh, it's also the hardest place to work in the, in the world because you get a barrage of Christmas songs from very early on. And when you're just popping in and out for your nice cup of coffee or tea, it's very nice and Christmassy. But when you're working in there non-stop and you hear the same CD day after day after day, it's depressing. In fact, there was something in the news about how playing Christmas music non-stop affects the mental health of people who work in cafes and restaurants. I don't know where all of you work, but hopefully you're not afflicted with a non-stop band-aid by now. And that that song always was my kind of... I I, I love it. I I love the music, and it's very uplifting. Do they know it's Christmas time? And at the same time, it's also a really, really annoying song with some annoying lyrics, and listening to all these kind of hammy pop stars... Uh, pout over the top of this song including that line 
And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, now, as you've heard me share in some of my talks before, I go over to Tanzania and do some work over there. And the area that I go to is Kilimanjaro. And there is always snow in Kilimanjaro all year round. Um, and it doesn't matter how, whether it's Christmas time or summertime, there is always snow on Kilimanjaro. So I know 100% factually that Christmas song is wrong. But Kilimanjaro uh, and Africa was also, is going to tie me into this passage today. I'm going to tell you about a time very, very recent, just a couple of months ago, a time when I felt more afraid than I've ever felt in my entire life, which I imagine is how the shepherds felt, right? Um, I was going over to Tanzania to do some work with coffee farmers, which is something that I love to do and love to roast great coffee, but also to do development work, to share Jesus with some of the neediest communities uh, that, that you could probably find. So we went over to uh, Tanzania and I took one of my friends uh, to take photographs and make videos so we can kind of promote the work and help fundraise when we're back in the UK. But this friend of mine, he is a wildlife photographer. Now this area of Tanzania, Kilimanjaro, I mean it is, it's right near the Serengeti, it is safari central. And last year when we went to Tanzania we did a safari together and it was very touristy and nice. But my friend, he's a bit mad, Andy, and he does things like he takes a one-man tent and camps in the rainforest of Borneo by himself for two months just to take pictures of insects and, and things like that. And he called me up just before we were going to Tanzania and said, I want to talk to you about the safari we're going to do. And I was like, sure. You know I don't have much money. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, don't worry, I've got a different plan. I said, oh, what is it? He said, no, I probably need to tell you in person. I thought, okay. So we met up in a, in a pub in East Finchley near where, near where I live and sat down and he said, yeah, see, my plan is to do safari for as cheap as possible. I thought, so far, Ron's a winner. He said, so, I wondered if you could drive and we don't have a guide. You just drive us around. So I thought, okay, this is adventurous. I don't think I'm the best driver, but I'm always willing. I'm always enthusiastic when it comes to these things. Let's have a go. Um, he said, and also, what makes it even cheaper is if we, um, if we just pay for 24-hour passes and we camp in the national parks. And I was like, okay, camp, we camp in the safari park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, honestly, without missing a beat, he goes, so... If a lion comes to you, this is what you have to do. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, the thing is, lions don't have predators. So if you stare them in the eye, they'll get a bit freaked out. So you've just got to face it up. Whatever you do, don't run. If you run, they will attack you and eat you. So I was like, okay. And he said, and if you see a leopard, well, you're probably not going to see a leopard. It'll probably just jump on you from a tree. But if you see an elephant, right, we have to just be still. Just be as still as possible. And they might sniff us a bit with their trunk and then they'll go on. But if they get spooked, they'll just trample you and you're a goner. Um, and if you see... And he just went through animal after animal after animal. And I was like, okay, I feel very nervous now. But this sounds like the sort of fun adventure that boys should have. So I went. And when we were in Tanzania, we went and we got this tent that we borrowed from someone that was very flimsy, put it in the back of a RAV4, which was far too small, we found, to do safari, and we really struggled driving around. 
and went around this big national park, driving around looking at loads of elephants, loads of lions, uh, hippo we saw, hyena, just tons and tons of zebra, wildebeest, loads and loads of animals. Um, but we couldn't find our camp, because in Tanzania they don't really believe in road signs. So we, we're driving around and we're going, where on earth are we staying? So we found a ranger, and we got this ranger and we said, can you take us to our camp? He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let me show you, it's just next to this tree. So I was like, okay, so we drove along this road, he jumps in the car with us at this point, jumps along this road, and um, we came to this tree, and he's like, oh, this is it, turn off. There was no path, there was no marking, there was no nothing. He's like, just carry on down here a bit, and took us to this flat bit, surrounded by grasses, and he said, just watch the grasses, if you walk through the grasses, a lion will get you. I was like, okay. We got out, and he pulled out his gun, and stood there, watching guard while we set up our tent. Now, if we'd not picked up this ranger, we'd have been setting up our tent on our own without a gun, which straight away made me a bit suspicious. And then we had to give him a lift back to his ranger station, which was like an hour's drive away, drive back, and then come and get in our tent before it got dark. And we jumped in our tent just as it was getting dark. We looked around uh, just as we're kind of throwing stuff in. And my friend, who's you know, really into wildlife, did a degree in animal behavior, said, look, can you see those eyes there? And I said, yeah. He said, can you see how there's two of them? I said, yeah. He said, that means it's a predator because they're front-facing eyes so you know that it eats meat and it's watching us. <laughs> and we're like, okay. And just as I got into the tent, I'm literally zipping it up, my head torch spins around and I just see dozens of pairs of eyes all around at different points just watching us. And I had this night in the tent Within about half an hour, I lay down, and suddenly, just next to me, I hear this sniffing. The loudest sniffing I've ever heard in my life. And something starts to pour at the tent. And I'm going, oh no, what on earth? What on earth? And I basically had a night of all sorts of different animals. They'd normally take about a ten-minute break from just coming and just pouring at the tent, trying to push the tent over, sniffing, scratching, trying to dig underneath... And the thing is, we're in this tent, and we have no idea what these animals are. You can't just pop your head out and go, oh, is this some monkeys that I can just scare away? Or is this uh, a pride of lions that will eat me as soon as I put my head out? Is this an elephant that's going to be scared and is going to run through my tent? Or is this a bunch of uh, honey badgers, which are really aggressive and don't respond very well at all to being faced up? I was absolutely terrified. I cannot explain to you the fear that I had. I was, thinking, um, I was thinking about that kind of basic instincts that we have, that fight or flight. What do you do? We'd been given an old rusty machete. So I had my hand on this old rusty machete, kind of, okay, what happens here? Am I going to have to fight some lion or some animal at some point? At the same time thinking, right, if I run to my car, can I get in in time without getting an animal like on, on my leg? What's going to happen here? We have that kind of basic fight-or-flight instinct, don't we, when we're, when we're terrified, when we're afraid. Fear is such a powerful emotion, isn't it? Fear often is a primary emotion. Things like anger, things like disgust, things like shame, things like guilt, often are secondary emotions to fear, which is such a primary, primal emotion. I was listening to uh, 
listening to some people talking on the radio the other day about how the word of the year is fake news. And they were saying, why is fake news so powerful? Why is it shared so widely by presidents, by your friends on Facebook? And they said, because fake news brings fear. And fear brings this sense of fight or flight. And it's such a primary emotion that when someone says something that makes us feel afraid, we take notice of it. Even if we're feeling a bit sceptical, fear is a really powerful powerful weapon, powerful emotion. And fake news plays on that. I can't imagine what it must be like to see the glory of the Lord shine and an angel come to these shepherds. Shepherds are really important throughout the Bible, right? Loads of key figures in the Bible. Abraham, Moses, David, Amos. We have loads of incredible people who are leaders in the, pe- in the people of God who are shepherds. And here, the fullness of the glory of God appears to these shepherds. Appears to these humble men. They're not even given a name in the Bible. And they are terrified. I imagine it's the sort of terror of sitting there with an overactive imagination thinking that there's a pride of lions pouring at your tent. They were terrified. And yet, and yet the angel says to them, fear not. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Good news That will bring great joy. The glory of the Lord shining around, bringing that fear. Yet, good news comes and brings joy instead. What a message for Christmas. What a message that in all the fake news, in all the terror, in all the fear of the world around us, the angels would come and they'd bring us good news. Good news that brings joy instead. That brings joy where there would be fear. I was thinking about the kind of terror that I had in the tent and thinking about the terror of coming face to face with the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord actually doesn't appear as much in the Bible as maybe you'd think. It appears a lot in the Psalms when we sing about, you know, the earth is filled with the Lord's glory. But actually, throughout the narrative of Scripture, the main place the glory of the Lord is spoken of is the tabernacle. Or the time in the wilderness where God is present and is speaking to Moses and speaking to his people. Actually, the tangible sense of God being here, his holiness being present, described as glory, is quite a selective thing that appears in certain places at certain times. And people do respond with fear. People do respond with wonder. Even Moses asks God, show me your glory. And God says, you can see the back of me. You can see my goodness. But it's it's this incredible, powerful thing. And here, these shepherds see the glory of God, see something that makes them feel afraid. I was thinking about what's the difference between me being sat in a car, taking pictures of hundreds of elephants, being this close to a lion, and being filled with wonder, or me being this close to a lion in a tent, and being absolutely petrified. Actually, the place I was in changed my fear, whether it was wonder or whether it was just absolute terror. The glory of the Lord, the difference between being in a car and seeing and being in a tent, hiding, not seeing, active imagination, not sure what's happening, just being filled with terror, that ultimately is what we see in this story. That is the good news. That which was hidden away from us, 
is now shown to us. God, who was the other side of a tent, who literally, he was the other side of the tabernacle of the temple. This God who he had to come through, through all these processes, through all these rituals, through all this way of being, through these priests, through these special people, actually that God, now you are with face to face. The tent has been pulled away. And now you see, now you see. That's, that's the good news of Christmas. That actually God is now with us. Emmanuel, he is with us. He has come and he's torn away the tent. That we would see God as he is. And actually that, which might feel really frightening, that lion which is so powerful and big and bold, we see, we see for what it really is. Something majestic. Actually in God we see that lion as being a lion who is full of full of terror and full of awe, but actually who would go to war with our enemies and actually would be for us. And what do the shepherds do? They're given this good news that brings joy. Well, there's three little things they do. They say, let us go. They made haste to Mary and Joseph. And then they make known to them and to the people around them what they have heard. I think there's an opportunity in Christmas. We see good news that the glory of God has come to be with man. And actually, the glory of God can feel like this big, unfathomable, scary thing. But it's a thing where God would show his goodness to us. Where he would invite us, where we would fall in love with him as he shows himself to be who he is. So this Christmas... I pray that in amongst all the fake news that is spoken around our world, the fear that is clicked and shared on Facebook, that actually you would be like those shepherds. You would go and you would share the good news that brings joy instead. What's the opposite of fear in the Bible? Actually, there's a famous Bible verse that doesn't say, Oh, courage overcomes fear. It says perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And ultimately, that's what took away the tent, wasn't it? It was love. It was love that took it, took it away so we could see the glory of God face to face. Why don't we stand and pray? And we're going to worship with our, uh, what I hope is the first carol of the year, but... It's got that line in it, let every heart prepare him room. I just pray that maybe if in your life the main emotion that you have is fear, I pray right now that God would fill you with his glory and that, that you would see in that his goodness and his perfect love, that that would push all the fear to one side. So God, by your spirit now, allow your perfect love to be poured into our hearts that it would cast out fear. Where we're afraid of the future, of circumstance. Where we're afraid of the things going on in this world. May your good news be spoken into our hearts in its place.
May our lives overflow with joy in amongst all that we're going through. And the second thing I pray is that you, like the shepherds, would make haste to go and share what you have seen, to go and share what you have experienced. That in all the in all the presents, in all the decorations of Christmas, in all the Christmas cups, nutcrackers and Santa Claus and all those different things, that actually you would take this opportunity to share what you have seen, to share the glory of God that you have seen with those around you. May God direct your paths and give you the words to share.